0: Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User Friendly 2.0. Welcome to
1: this week's show. As promised, we're going to be talking about Silver Age Comic-Con coming up and a few other really kind of cool things. Bill Gretchen, welcome. Hello. Hello there. So we all got to go see the Comic-Con, and we're going to dive into that and cosplay and some other stuff in the next section, I know. But it was a lot of fun to do that again, I think, and it just uh, felt good to be back out and uh, be able to be a part of that once again. So we'll have to look at the schedule for the rest of this year. I know I'm going down to Black Hat next month, so that'll be kind of fun to cover. Chaz has been covering that for us in recent years. He'll be there with me as well, but uh, it's going to be the first time I'll have actually seen it. So you can wear a black
0: hat, a gray hat, or a white
1: hat. I've been told gray hat, although I guess it depends on who's mad at me and about what. But,
2: uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, I don't hack. I just, you know, remove features I don't want. Anyway, uh, neither here nor there. Um, we're going to go to the conference and see what that's about. And it'll be kind of fun to see really all of the different things that they put in there. And then next week, we should have a fun guest. I'm going to just tease it at that. and. You'll have to tune in next week to see what that is, but it'll be worthwhile. It goes along with our whole cosplay conversation that we will have a little later today. All right, so let's go ahead and get a word from our sponsor, and then we will go in the news.
0: Mosaic Arts Loft. Come discover the mosaic difference with art lessons in drawing, painting, and clay pottery making. Contact us for a free studio tour. And a buy four get one free at MosaicsArtsLoft.com. We don't just make art; we build artists. So, what's in the news? Google Pixel 8 Pro hands-on images confirm major design changes. So you use a Pixel?
1: Um, I think a yes. six isn't it? It's a
0: five or six, right? Um, you know, I don't remember. I think it's a five. Five.
1: I know you've been Good happy five. with them. I had an older one. Yeah. I really like mine too, and. uh in fact, the only reason I switched to my Samsung phone is I needed some of the functionality. But for most people, the Pixel is a great option. And it's a native Google phone, Android, which does mean, at least I've found that it seems like you get your updates and stuff a little bit sooner than most. So there's some benefits there. But the 8 Pro, um, talking about some different things for all the way from the kind of the look of the phone to having uh, rounded edges that are a little bit more prevalent and other things. There's also probably going to be a pretty big camera upgrade. That's uh, what I'm excited of that.
0: about.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what that actually means because they didn't give the specs on it yet. But bigger processor, uh, different sensors, that kind of a thing. And I know that Google has been playing with their designs too. This is just one product. They're actually coming out with a foldable phone and some other things that of all, at least the initial reaction to it has been quite positive. We'll have to see where this ends up going, and for anybody that hasn't done a Pixel, they usually come out as two versions. You get the initial one, and then you get one that in the past has been called an A, so like a 5A, which is a little less expensive, so it's usually a plastic instead of a metal case and a few other things, but we've had good luck with those, too. So I'd love to find something to pick on here, but I can't,
2: so... McDonald's no longer sells a quarter pounder with cheese. So they now offer a QPC instead.
1: Yes. Okay. And I don't like you know that. What the, yeah. Well, and I, I know, Gretchen, <laughs> you just love acronyms. And this just, is really what this topic's about is people are starting to get done with acronyms. In fact, there's a condition called acronym fatigue, also known as AF, which I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, that <laughs> ties into this. And, it really is, you're starting to see a lot of major companies. It seems to be a trend, you know, some off the top Weight Watchers is now WW, the Treasure Island in Las Vegas is the TI, now we've got the QPC and there's a lot of other things here. The only question I have to ask you guys is if Microsoft or Microsoft, I'm gonna on the tongue today, if McDonald's is gonna continue with this branding, are they gonna start calling the Big Mac the BM? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh dear (laughs) at this time i should
1: probably say opinions expressed on the show are ours and not user-friendly media
0: groups
2: we cover that at the end of the copyright don't worry about it
0: yes (laughs) there's a um another burger that somebody's just come out with i think it's sold in thailand that's like 25 slices Of cheese, and they call it the real cheeseburger, but not really sure how you can have the word burger in there when it's nothing but cheese. So this
1: is just like cheese and bread?
0: Yeah, and it's like 25 slices of American cheese.
1: Okay, so it's cheese product and bread. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know, actually, I I don't know if it's... I'm I'm not a favor of that kind of weird cheese like that comes in the plastic no. and everything. But if it's real cheese, yeah. I think
0: I'd like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, well, Apple silently pulls its latest zero day update. What now?
1: So this is a conversation. This actually came in as a question, and then I think, Gretchen, you actually pulled this up in your research as well. And What this is talking about is there's an article that goes along with it. And when I did some more digging to figure out what it was, it was like reading Latin a little bit, but what they're actually talking about here is we've talked about zero day updates in the past. And just the quick explanation of that, that's something that's designed to patch something that usually has always been there. That's been discovered or something that came in an update that broke something that they want to fix right away. That uh, is going to be exploited probably. But Apple takes a little different approach to this in the sense that they don't really like to push out updates they only want to push out upgrades because they do not want their users to be able to downgrade so once an operating system upgrade goes in on an Apple device that's it you can't roll it back their reason for this is so that you can't jailbreak the device or make at least make it more difficult that kind of a thing but they still do occasionally do zero day updates and one went out to fix some vulnerability which wasn't really defined in the release, but they decided they didn't want it, so they withdrew it. So if you had the update, it would be there, but afterwards, if you wanted to apply the zero-day fix, it was no longer available and said that it would be available in the next update to the operating system, which is going to be a while before that comes out. So in this particular situation, if you have an Apple device that has these type of updates, don't remove them unless you need to. If it's interfering with your work or something, that would be the only real reason you would, but it does talk a little bit about the idea of a closed ecosystem and you do have to wait, in this case for Apple, to be able to get these updates because there really isn't anywhere else you could go. And since you can't sideload on those devices without jailbreaking them, that doesn't give you an option from like a third party or something either.
2: Hmm. We Are Technology, along with other companies, announces it will no longer use paper checks
1: yeah so this is this is kind of an interesting thing. I'm not sh- so shocked to see this out there, but uh this actually came from- sw- switching to my Weir technology hat um the liability insurance and we've talked in the past about how checks are kind of a really a major security hole. You're handing somebody a piece of paper with your signature address account number routing number Sometimes phone all that, phone <laughs> numbers yeah exactly right so it's uh here or have my identity and <laughs> It's very possible to go to any office supply store, online, Amazon, whatever, and buy blank checks so that you can print them on your printer. And I'm sure you know nobody ever does this, but of course you could create a fake check. And along those lines, there is some technology in place from the banks and things to help mitigate that. But if someone was giving you a check, you'd have no way to personally know if it was real or not. And Added to that, the United States Postal Service put out a bulletin a couple of weeks ago not to send checks through the mail anymore. It's not secure. They're having problems with people fishing the checks out of the mailboxes. they think, or possibly it's somebody that works for the post office, is just directly stealing them out of the mail. But I know from our own standpoint, I can speak to this. I have a client that normally pays by check, and they on two occasions now have attempted to send payment and they are a client I know that wouldn't be you know, screwing around or something. It's really the case. And the checks have never arrived. The first set eventually did get back to them like three months later. And the second time they sent it, we still don't know where that is. And so they had to go through and stop payment and all this, which, of course, costs money. And a stop payment stops payment on that check. But if the thief was to change the check number, it would still conceivably post because the new check number wouldn't have the stop payment on it. So to that end, a lot of companies just sounds bad. (laughs) Yeah, it it is. It's just it's a major problem. And, you know, to that end, uh, we're technology. And again, I just use us as an example because I know firsthand what we're doing. But this is going along with a lot is completely discontinuing the use of paper checks as far as pain. And uh, we're going to have to figure out how to strongly recommend that among clients. So some of the other solutions you can use for this is if the company you're dealing with offers something called ACH, which is like an electronic transfer, you can pay with e-checks. That's secure. Or at least it appears to be a lot more secure than the paper checks. Obviously paying with a credit card, but credit cards cost money. So a lot of companies prefer cash or check payment just because there's less cost involved uh, unless you don't get paid. And then so those type of things are in there. So, you know, from that standpoint, there's some other options. Now, one of the other little pitfalls we've been dealing with here is user-friendly for paying most of our contractors and stuff that have it, we use Zelle. I think we've all used that. And that's a payment technology that uh, most banks have adopted as a standard so that you only have to give the person sending the payment your email address or phone number, whatever you use for your Zelle account. And that's it. Secure works. You're not giving out personal information. The problem with ACH is to set it up. You do have to get the payment information of where you're sending the money to. So you want to make sure it's a reputable company you're dealing with if they do that. And for whatever reason, the bank that we are technology uses, and I'm not going to say the name of the bank here. I don't want to pick on them that bad, but they don't offer Zelle on their business account. I don't know why, but they don't. And as a result, there's this other thing in place. So there's still some roadblocks out there to completely going in this direction, but there seem to be a, some other solution. So I'll let you know how that goes. And what we run into, because there's going to be a lot of companies facing this with the insurance companies now no longer wanting paper checks and no longer willing to give, you know, any kind of coverage on that. It's your problem if you do it kind of thing, or in our case, telling us that we wouldn't get insurance if we continue to use paper checks. It's going to be an issue that's going to be coming up. So
0: hopefully we'll then, get some
1: standardization
0: and technology on that. And then on the non-business side, you know, if you have seniors who are used to that, they're a different generation are still using checks try and work with your senior to get them to pay online you know teach them how yeah yeah, yeah and Less it's just checks you know, and it's one of those better. type
1: of things you have to consider all of these things and using technology is great but you do have a generation and there's people out there that just aren't comfortable with it so you're absolutely right being able to sit down and deal with it and also teaching your senior or whoever you're helping out dealing with this stuff to not fall for the scams, not fall for the fake emails, only initiate a payment from their bank account that they know they're logged into the right site, all that kind of stuff's important.
0: Sarah Silverman sues OpenAI and Meta over copyright infringement.
1: Yeah, so interesting thing that's going on here, and I have a funny feeling this isn't going to be the first time that we're hearing this, but AIs, conversational AIs, which have all been the news lately, in order to work properly have to be trained. And in order to train them, generally, it's done using material that exists in one way or another. Sarah Silverman has a series of books that were used to uh, program ChatGPT, among others, Meta, OpenAI, and so on, and is saying, well, um, that's a copyright violation. You're using my book for a purpose that it wasn't meant for. And the other side of it is saying, well, fair use says that I can read your books, but now this is an AI reading your books, so... Where does that fall in all of this kind of stuff? So, so
0: this so what looks exactly? like a is, going- the, is the AI reading the book to others, or was the AI reading the book to learn how to read? The technical term
1: is consuming, and the AI is consuming the book to have the understanding of what is in the book.
0: Okay, that wouldn't that be just like a regular person grabbing Harry Potter off the shelf or you know, some other piece of
1: literature? It would be if it was a person, but an AI that in the law is right now there isn't much. So the bottom line of it is, is this is all stuff that has to be thing. And it's not a bad thing that this is going to go to court because what this will do is hopefully force them to address that issue and figure out how these things are going to actually work.
2: The best for <laughs> solid state.
1: Nope. guy. Uh, go ahead and go. I just, was thinking we were having a moment of silence about AIs there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, sorry, Bill, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
2: (laughs) The quest for solid-state EV batteries is in full swing.
1: So we've talked about electric cars before, and every time we do, pretty much I get a few emails from listeners that are very concerned about the fact that I, quote, don't like electric cars, which is not the case. But Like I've said from the beginning of this, we have a new technology, one that is still getting some of the kinks worked out of it. And one of the problems is the batteries. They're working on, and since we've started talking about recycling batteries, it's starting to get better. There are some methodologies in place. There's a few startups that are starting to deal with this. So we're seeing some advancement on that front. But even today, the majority of used batteries from electric vehicles end up in the landfill. They contain lithium and other chemicals, which leaches into the ground. So, while we might be saving some stuff on the carbon emissions on the front end, we're ending up with this huge pollution problem on the back. So, to that end, there is research being done on trying to find a different solution than lithium for creating electric vehicle batteries. So, to that end, there are a number of companies and different things like that out there that are trying to research this and figure out a solution to be able to Allow for something that is not quite as polluting, or that hopefully can be recycled through an existing platforms. And again, across the board, one of the ones that really seems to be coming to the top on this is Nissan. It has actually prototyped its own solid state battery, which seems to be working. The other kind of thing that's cool about this is it's looking like it could have as much as eight or nine hundred mile range on the charge too. So we'll see where that goes.
0: All right. Russian hackers lure, lured embassy workers in Ukraine with ad for a cheap BMW.
1: Yeah, that happened. They were trying to uh, find people and they put, hacked this ad that was originally a real one and put it out the Kiev that there's this BMW for sale for 7,500 euros. I think that's, you know, in perfect condition and so on. And in any event, This is really just an example to put out there. There Some of the security contractors found this and shut down the site that it was linking to. But at the end of the day, it's just be very careful. These things are out there, and it's not targeted just to Ukraine. We know from the hack a couple of weeks ago with the DMVs and stuff, the Russians are trying to get into a lot of different systems and steal a lot of information. So if you see something, just this old adage, if it looks like it's too good to be true, It probably is. And if you really want to find information out about something, don't click on links in an email. Don't click on links in a website that have been sent to you that you don't know what it is. Figure out what the company actually is. Go to their website and interact with them through there. And if it's real and it's a big deal and they're trying to do some marketing thing, I can assure you it will be on their website.
0: You know, I heard um, that, um, was it, Microsoft um, Outlook had gotten hacked. Oh, yeah. Yikes. (laughs) Yikes! <laughs> yeah, it's and, and that one's that. a little
1: worse than it. Basically. So, Outlook, I haven't used Outlook in years. And Outlook, when I used it, uh, and it still does this, is a piece of software basically for reading your email, having a calendar, and today it's still that. But the way the systems are set up now is they're mostly cloud based. So, when it got hacked, what they're actually talking about is the data provider got hacked, not your software on your computer. Oh, so in other okay. words, now you could get emails that look real, but they're not. You know, all that kind of stuff. So. You know, we're seeing yeah, it all, all over no the funny. place. And I'm led to understand that was also a Russian hacker gang that did that.
0: Yeah, so, they just, where are these people? <laughs>
1: well, know, Let's, I, let's um, find their house
0: and stop them. <laughs> yes, believe me,
1: there's a lot of people that would agree <laughs> with you on that, uh, on that resolution. So in any event, uh, just watch it. I mean, just be careful. That's all you can do. And with so much of our personal information now already being out there, the whole advice. You, you want to keep your passwords tough. You want to use multi-factor authentication, do all of the stuff that you need to do, but there's no guarantee that's going to prevent identity theft or any of that these days. So the other side is make sure you watch your financial accounts. You have limited time to respond sometimes when there's problems. You just got to be vigilant. And until some of these problems are fixed, we just have to deal with it from that direction. So In any event, speaking of things that might be too good to be true, but this one isn't, is a while back we talked about streaming and streaming fatigue and the cost of subscribing to Netflix. And now you can't share passwords and Disney Plus and Hulu, which I believe has uh, become something for the upper 2% of society with how much they seem to be charging lately.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah.
1: One of the things that comes in is your local channels. And the services that offer local channels tend to be the more pricey ones like Hulu and DirecTV and stuff. But local television channels are supposed to be available free as broadcast television, like with an antenna. A while back, we talked about that I was going to try to see if I could get this to work in a way that was reasonable to use. And we've had a lot of questions come in over the last about two months to say, is this successful? And I did get it to work. So I thought I'd respond to that on how I did that, because it actually works quite well. And... Basically, the biggest barrier to entry is that we really don't want to have to put an antenna on each television in our house, try to get it to receive the signals. It'd be ugly in the first place and a pain to do. And then, uh, you know, digital TV antennas don't get the same. You don't have gray or snow a little bit if it either works or it doesn't. So it has to have a good signal to even operate. So what I ended up doing is I got a really good digital TV and put it on the outside of the house, ran a wire inside and got a device that acts as a streamer and a tuner. Uh, Mine's an air TV. There's a number of these out there that you can get. So the antenna plugs into that. Then there's an app that goes on each television and it streams to the televisions from the outside antenna. So now I don't have to have an antenna on each TV. I don't have to have all that additional equipment and my unit allowed me to plug in a hard drive. So I also have DVR functions just like you would. And then where I took this a step further and again, I'm not speaking as an attorney, but as far as I can tell, this is legal is I wanted a guide. There was no guide function on the local channels. So I subscribed for a little while to Sling, which carried this and also supports Air TV natively. And I didn't keep my subscription, but they have a free streaming mode. And in addition, it just it bugs me every once in a while to, if I want to renew my subscription, and I just say no. But now I've got a guide and a tuner as well. And it seems to work perfectly, so I don't have to pay the extra amount for the local television stations anymore. And I can record just like if I had it over a subscription service like Hulu, but I don't have to pay for it every month. So it does work. You can do it. At least I, I was able to pull it off.
0: So so how long before Sling makes that, that free piece of software now no longer free? Well, you know, I'm curious
1: about that, too. That, Sling does have a feature where they offer a free stream. And this is available to anybody that wants to use it, where there's a few channels on their system that are offered without you having to pay for them. And that's where the guide component for the local channels are now. I've tried to reach out to them about it because I'm not trying to do anything underhanded here, and I, that's a good question. I want to know is this something that I've just kind of found a glitch in the system, or is it something that's going to keep working? And you know, if not, then what else do we do? I haven't really gotten a strong answer back from them yet, so I don't know. But as far as I do know, it's working. So if it keeps working after this airs, I'll be able to tell you a little more <laughs> in the direction of uh, of where that ends up. But even if it didn't, you could still get the local broadcast that way, you just wouldn't have the guy. So that's really the only difference it makes. And hmm. um but again we and the other thing that kind of surprised me is we have 19 local channels in the Portland area. I had no idea
2: really that there were oh, that many.
0: It's pretty good sized city.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? And uh and it hmm. works. But the one place you do want to spend the money is to get the best digital antenna you can Because, again, with this kind of stuff, if the signal is weak, it will pixelate and it will stop. There's no intermediary like there used to be with the old analog stuff where you could still hear it. It might not be very good quality. No, it just simply stops and it says, I'm sorry, the signal is weak and you get a black screen.
0: So having good equipment
1: to do this is important.
0: Do you recall how much a good one costs?
1: Um, Okay, so that's actually a good question. I spent... $242 end-to-end on that includes the tuner, the good antenna, um, an amplifier that I put on there, and the hard drive to run the DVR. So if you figure the cost over the space of a year, I think it'll pay for itself in about eight, nine months. And then at the back end of that, it's just, you know, uh,
0: money. Well, if you're using Hulu, it'll be a lot quicker than than six months or whatever. Now, just the point, you don't
1: (laughs) get the cable channels like history and stuff. It's just the locals. If you want Mm -hmm. that, I would suggest a service like Philo that's $25 a month. There are other options. All right, after the break, we're going to be talking Comic-Con. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Welcome to our second half this week. Send us your questions. Send us your comments userfriendlyshow.com is the one stop for everything. You can send us your story ideas, ask questions, play old episodes, check out our social media and so so much more. I think there's much more. Yeah, there's much more. Well, we Hopefully.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but let us know what you want to hear. That's how we program our show and send us your question and answer session. We've got a lot of stuff that's going to be coming up in future weeks on that and just keep them coming in. All right, well, this section after our sponsor, we are going to talk about the Silver Age Comic Con that we just got to attend.
0: You work hard growing your business, but when it comes to marketing and branding, you simply don't have the time. You need a trusted partner to take on your advertising goals and produce results. Whatever your budget and deadlines are, Brian Kelly Digital Media is your trusted partner. We are ready to make your marketing and branding goals a reality. Your time is precious, and so is your advertising budget. Get more bang for your buck with Brian Kelly, Digital Media. Schedule your free consultation today at 503-474-7885. That's 503-474-7885. So the Silver Age Comic Con
1: is held in Reno, Nevada. They were in the convention center this year. My understanding it's, is that it's the first time they were there. I think they were at a casino or something in the past. And it was interesting to see this again. The last time I've seen a Comic Con in Reno in the convention center was Wizard World. And that's got to be 10 years ago now or something that they had that. Gretchen, you, oh, you guys there were there a,
0: that. Th- yeah, yeah that's, that's a while that ago. Was, that was a while ago. And there was another one, but I can't remember what it was called.
1: Um, and that might not be one that I I even knew about, but no, you got to tell care. you, I got to tell you walking into this and I, it wasn't that I had a negative feeling or anything. I didn't really know what to expect, but I was very happy with what they did. It was actually, I had a lot of fun. Um, What did you guys think
0: of it? Rachel, what do you think? Let's start with you. What did you think of the show overall? I think it was nicely done, you know, for a small event, it was nicely done. Yeah, And I think the local community really um, came out. Um, I think it's really needed in this area for people to have a chance to be creative and express themselves and, you know, doing the cosplaying, meeting up with other people and then checking out what, what, what they brought with them. There were a lot of costumes, especially
1: being that it is a little smaller show um, I was impressed, and some people really went to town on what they what they did. Oh yeah, well, Bill, what did you think of it?
2: I'm with Gretchen for a small show, which it really was, and it only was a you know one day's event. It was pretty well done um I felt like the flow of things was a little weird, but you know not every convention is <laughs> great at that, but yeah, there was a lot of turnout, there was a lot of variety. I feel like a lot of artists um, in the industry, you know, a lot of good voice actors and movies and stars and the like really came out and, uh, you know, it was just a very diverse convention. Yeah.
1: And that that's something I wanted to point out, too, is I think um, especially uh, considering this isn't, you know, San Diego or something, there was a good variety of stuff. And they did have panels and all of the other things that you would expect to see but it was well put together and like i like you say there was maybe the flow could have been a little bit better one of the things that was uh, interesting is when you got to the end of the like the vendor area and stuff the you couldn't get around you had to go back out so there was kind of a bit of a traffic jam
0: yeah one side was like a dead that.
1: end yeah but all yeah. really very minor stuff i mean that's hardly a big deal just something that happened but you had a lot of different availability of of things um, walking through there. And like you say, the voice actors and some of the people that they were able to get were really kind of cool. And I don't know, it was just a fun one to do. It definitely next year. I'll, I'll do a cosplay. and We'll definitely go back.
0: And the and, staff seemed uh, really nice. That was something yeah. else. Sometimes you go to an event and you feel like the staff stepped out of the empire from star Wars. You know, it's like, <laughs> where are your papers, you know, and, blah, and you're like, <laughs> But these people were really nice. Yeah, and it was that
1: way across the board. When we um, registered for media and everything, very responsive. Um, they obviously were very organized and all that kind of stuff, at least appeared to be, you know. And doing a special event is not easy. I, I speak from experience on that. So, yeah, you know, from that standpoint, there are days that you might not feel like being nice, but they were very, very helpful, knowledgeable, and professional.
2: Yeah, for a one-day event, registration was pretty painless
1: yeah you know that was the other i have to say i noticed that too the way that they handled there was a pretty substantial line when the event opened of people waiting to get in and we've been to events where that means you're going to be standing in line for a couple of hours and i think it took them 15 20 minutes to clear it it was not difficult at all
2: yeah, it reminded me of like blfc where it's you know the line is convention space through plus and somehow you're still you're waiting but it's not arduous you know
1: yeah yeah i just anytime you have a lot of people you're going to have a queue and they did but uh and then they had the registration split up so that if you most people i would assume probably already had printed out their tickets online since that was an option but if you needed to buy a ticket or pick something up at like will call or like we did with the press badges there was a separate line for that and the people uh, manning that window were extremely professional and you know they knew exactly what to do how to do it and all of that went very quickly too. So it it is nice to see the logistics are a big deal on these because we've all been to shows in the past where it's like, what you know happened? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so and when you're the second person in line and you wait two hours, yeah. It, there's yeah.
1: You in ran in, you literally ran into that once. I think too, didn't you?
2: Oh yeah. That happened to me yeah. more than once. So and, I'm and, uh, and I'm not going to name it because. Sure. But, but no, but you don't need to, support, but, but. <laughs> yeah.
1: but there's, there's something up now. You know, credit to some of these, like like, uh, Emerald City, we ran into a little bit of that uh, a year ago, but of course that was uh, partially due to COVID and they Mm -hmm. had to change their, really their entire way that you checked in. So considering all of that, the number of people, I don't think they did a bad job. And I think that, that that might play into it, but there's been some times out there where there's absolutely no reason to do what they're doing. They're just doing something that's completely inefficient and you end up just standing there and standing there and standing there and that's no fun. So and you have other ones like the um, one, you know, that we just went to here, Silver H, that it's completely the opposite of that. It seems to be well handled. And, you know, there are some lines, but everything is done in a way that's efficient and and gets you going. So, you know, kudos to them and the on nice that. the nice thing
0: I, about that part was that we were waiting inside because they moved it to that large facility. Yeah. We're not waiting outside. We've done that in Sacramento. Oh, and Sacramento can get pretty warm, especially yeah. if you're wearing a costume that has layers, you know, that's a warm kind of based costume.
1: Yeah. So um, that was nice. Well, So can Reno in July. I mean, you know, it's it's oh, yeah. hot, but not if they do it like that. It's like, you know, no big deal. And, um, you know, as far as all of that goes, that was pretty cool. So the layout of the convention, they had the panels on the far side. So you walked in one entrance. And then that kind of stuff was in the back. I think it was an eating area or something with some seats and stuff on the other. Mm -hmm. And then your voice actors, the 501st had a booth set up there and um, all of that. And then you got into the uh, artist alley, I guess is what you would call it. I don't think they called it that that idea. The other thing that happened to me that was really cool is the first uh, group of people coming in. They were giving away posters for the convention and some other things. So I grabbed one. I thought it was pretty cool. And here I walk into the artist that created it. Would you like me to sign that for you?
0: Like, cool. That was really cool. I would have liked to have gotten mine signed too, but um, I think we were all starving by that time. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Gretchen, I'll sign it for you. Oh, great! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> maybe that's not quite the same thing. Uh, uh, maybe I'll just I'll just send it off to George Lucas and have him sign it. You know, yeah, there, hey, there you not? go. Yeah, just
1: let's go ahead and just send that right over. Uh, have
0: some just uh, random person sign somebody else's artwork. Let's yep. let's make sure it's somebody famous.
1: So, anybody <laughs> wanting to send George Lucas random stuff to sign, the uh, address is six 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 Sith Lane. And...
0: <laughs> no, that's Kathleen Kennedy's address. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, uh, I don't even think the devil would deal with her. Uh, so, in any of that, uh, we're going to get some responses on that probably. <laughs> But in
0: any event, so. no, we're not. What's what's that guy's name that always is angry and has the mask? God, I can't think of his name. Are <laughs> what's you talking, talking about Zoom? Okay, now, yes, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's always angry. Uh, he's
1: just very um,
0: uh, official okay. in the
1: way that he feels.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he must be a cosplayer because he's always wearing a
1: costume. So, yes, he, no, actually, he's broadcasting from the center of the earth, and he needs that to protect himself. Ah, okay. It's as simple as that. Now, on that note, um, Bill, your wife was with you for
2: this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bill, your wife was with you for this, and what did she think of it?
2: Oh, she liked it. Um, A lot of it was because, you know, she enjoyed a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, You know, back when we first started, she wasn't too big on conventions, but she's really a come to enjoy them. And she thought this one was pretty good. Um, I think her complaint was like a lot of them, they could have turned the AC up a little bit more. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I agree with you
1: on that. Well, they said, and by the way, just for the record, that's actually probably not the convention having control of that. When you are in a convention center and I speak from experience, those type of decisions are usually made through the staff or the union running it or whatever it is. And it may be that to get the temperature changed requires an act of Congress. So we can't definitely blame that on the festival at, or on the um, on the Comic-Con here. But um, I definitely agree with that. And we've run into that in the past. And when you get a lot of people into a room, you need more air to keep it comfortable. It's just the way it is. Yeah. So
0: but well, whenever um, you have costumes, too, when you have that added in the large groups, the costumes. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, uh, the no. Halloween events that we've been to.
1: Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. And uh, and I was good at this event too. I didn't ask any of the Mandalorians who took their helmets off if they have to go swimming under a burned-out city on an abandoned planet. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> actually, we've got some friends that do uh, Mando costumes, and they had a booth there, and it was kind of fun to run into them again. And
0: well, they that really, particular group, they wouldn't have. They're not part of that sect. Uh, Matter of fact, one of them was dressed as uh, Minister Olmec, who was Hmm. in, um, who pissed off uh, Duchess Satine, you know. And the kid, well, he's not really a kid anymore. Um, You know, he's, yeah, he's not a kid anymore, but he did an amazing job on this Olmec costume. And um, you don't usually see that character portrayed. Nice job. Good job, Kyle.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Kyle did a nice job. And, Mike did a nice. They they really. And Mike did a nice job.
0: Well. And then what is it? Mike had uh, um his girlfriend held a booth. Yeah. That was, um, you know, she's a budding artist. So, and that's one of the other things about small events like this. This they usually give a chance to people who are budding artists. Um, it was nice to see to they to go to the big places. You know, like San Diego. It's too yeah. expensive.
1: Yeah, very, very much so. And in an area where there may not be a lot of opportunity to present your art, I just, you know, I look at some of these. And a good budding artist, and she had her booth. There were authors of books. Um, mm-hmm. The indie role-playing table was kind of cool. That um, mm-hmm. was fe- featuring a number of role-playing games that aren't put on by major companies, and certainly access that they might not otherwise have. So it was kind of fun to see those things. And being that it was smaller, you could actually talk to people and. I had no one scream at me if I t- stopped for, you know, 10 seconds in the middle of a walkway. So that was kind of nice. <laughs>
2: <And> <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Now, it's interesting. These type of conventions in, in general, one of the big things, and I think it's a little bit of what attracts it to us, once upon a time, and this was post 9-11, really, places were built so that you could come in and hang out and that type of a thing. And it seems like lately things, places are built so you get in, do whatever you need to do, and get out as quickly as possible. So, it actually puts a little more focus on events where you can come and talk to your friends and just be a part of it for a while and not feel like you're trying to be scooted along. So, I think that is a bit of an attraction too that you see. So, I don't know. I hope very much that uh, Silver Age continues on. I'm looking forward to next year and I really uh, thank them for putting this together. We also appreciated the free pass that we got and we'll try to do that again next year for anybody that wants to, you know, have to do some kind of a contest for that and make it, uh, make it kind of cool maybe we'll even have a t-shirt or something so i'll let you guys figure out what that's going to look like so you know to that end and really these kind of conventions in general a big part of it is cosplay we all do that and listener questions that are coming in there's a lot of people that i think are getting i don't want to say frustrated but it's like one of the general things i've seen is that i want to put a costume together i really want to do it And it's either I need to become a master seamstress and, you know, and with the cosplay costumes, also maybe a CNC operator, someone that knows (laughs) how to mold plastic, an electronics engineer, you know, to make all of this stuff work. Or I have to have a lot of money to pay somebody else to do it. Now, is this a barrier to entry or is there a way to work around it? And Gretchen, I'm going to start with you on this because you've worked with this a lot, I know.
0: Okay, so, um, all right. So I've been working on a Mandalorian costume. And this was originally a project that Jeremy and I worked on together. And well, now I have half of the team missing. And he did things like the spray painting. Um, Cause I would just like spray it on. Yeah. Well, let's just get it on there, you know, and it would drip and it looked like, well, I won't say that word. <clears throat> Anyways, he did a better job. So I had to start practicing and learning how to spray the pieces um, and that's something else that I've also noticed that, um, he was also the person who would cut it out of a centra, the shapes, and he would uh, shape them for me, heat the, heat the pieces up, bend them. And so that's kind of out of my ability to do. And there are things there are, there are other options. If you don't have those skills that I've run into, um, people who do 3D printing and stuff like on Etsy. So that is an option for the components that you don't know how to build. Um, Bill, do you have any other ideas of, you know, places that people can go to supplement skills that are missing?
2: Not necessarily skills. I mean, you can always go and find others. Um, There are a lot of crossplay communities that you can find. Where a lot of people are share knowledge and occasionally manufacturing for that kind of stuff if they, you know, get the right groups. A lot of it too is is depending on the character you're choosing. You know, if you're if you're going for Iron Man, you're going to be doing a lot of work. Same with, you know, Mandalorian. You're gonna be doing a lot of the work yourself. Um but there are places online, um, Or you can buy costumes; they're sized, or they're custom sized, or you know, let's say video game characters or something. They're not the highest quality. There are some that are very good, high quality, but you know, like in ours, you're you're paying the difference. You know, these are higher grade than you're going to find at a uh, the Halloween store. You know, yeah, Uh, spirit and. They're going to be better than you know, and they're but they're not going to be as high grade as like some of the people we've seen who are professionals and they make their own,
0: <laughs> right?
2: But yeah, you
0: know the, I, the Iron yeah. Man guy, um, which which I don't know which character he was. That was a War
2: Machine, I think.
0: Always oh, War Machine.
2: One of he them. He was. I think, that Raider. was
0: good.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Now some of the stuff, some of the stuff you see is just amazing. That's where you start thinking about this and. You know, I, I think that would be my feeling too. You do what you can do, and if you need to outsource certain pieces of it, and then the other thing that I think is important as well is look at sites like Etsy and other places. Uh, you know, don't just order something generic from Amazon. It's good to support the local artists in the community. Yeah. Number one, you're going to get a better price. Number two, you're probably going to have the ability to get some help if you need it, and maybe even get some customization and that type of thing done where that comes from. Now, doing a full cosplay costume is not cheap it just isn't even if you do it yourself you still need the materials but there are ways that you can deal with that and bill like you said there's different communities out there and fandoms also is specifically like if you want to do a star wars costume there's obviously star wars communities and you know the better ones that are of course the dark side and the mandalorians and then i think there's probably people that play jedis too but anyway (laughs) yeah
2: But yeah, I mean, the good
1: thing this isn't a video <laughs> podcast; we would have had to pixelate that.
2: <laughs> but yeah, my uh, you know my eldest stepdaughter, she doesn't have that much money, and she was still in high school. She didn't have a job, but she started out with you know, piece and the other get a wig here or this shirt there that would work, and she goes to um, Junkies here, which is a local uh, upcycling, I guess they call it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like a thrift you know, store, but store. it has cool stuff,
2: yeah. yeah it has a lot of good stuff actually, but yeah, um you know, in uh going to our thrift stores and stuff, but that's how she started, and you know we've been working on a costume together we've it had to put it on pause because of my health and such um but that one's required you know basically teaching her how to run a sewing machine, how to Measure things. How to figure out how to build the costume so that it can be put on, <laughs> you know, without yeah, it being a problem.
0: Yeah, fitting. That's that's something where you almost need a friend. Oh yeah. Um, that's something I'm running into. I'm I'm about to get to the point where I've managed to learn how to spray paint my armor, and then I'm going to have to figure out how to place the armor onto um, cause I've got like a shirt that I'm going to, you know, I use Jeremy used to use Velcro and that's what I was going to use. I don't have anybody to help me place it. So that's, that's, that's if you can find people who are willing to help you out, that that's a good spot to start looking. Mm-hmm. Other costs of the other things
1: too, that I found online, there's kits um, because there's a lot of electronics and tech we're seeing in Uh, costumes now because a lot of times they light up or they move or whatever and you can pretty much source all that out too and depending on what your level of skill is you can build that in so it's again just taking different pieces of components and different things like that and then one of the other things to be concerned about also very much is the usability so you've made this great costume but if it's so heavy or so hot that you can't actually function in it for a period of time that's going to be a problem and we've run into that one and some things you don't think of when my wookie head was just done the first time i'll never forget this um it needed a little time to have all of the glue and various other things uh not be quite as concentrated as they were and we put it on me and i uh was like wow i'm not going to need a beer tonight
0: uh, uh yeah you, we didn't have time for the for the new wookie mist, for the glue to cure and you were kind of exposed to a lot of fresh glue. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and
1: that's not that. healthy.
0: I
2: mean, that was really
0: bad. <laughs> <No>, you <laughs> get a headache and we're like, mm, maybe you shouldn't wear it.
2: it. That's, that's an issue too, you know, whether it's that or painting or even shaping Sintra or just, especially if you're getting into resin, that's that's its own thing. You know, you got to really follow those safety protocols and, Make sure you got good, you know, uh, masks, respirators, and stuff like that, because you just really don't want to get involved with some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, you also they, need a
0: good they, location to put things, you know, yeah. so they can cure and dry, like if you have a cat or dog or children who might get into stuff.
1: Yeah, there's yeah. there's all kinds of things to, uh, to consider, and then maintenance ongoing, you know, like cleaning and all of that kind of things, things happen. So you want to be able to maintain it. So, you know, this is all stuff that goes into it. I, one of the things I did for the wookie suit, because it's essentially a fursuit and it is hot, is I found this company out of Europe, out of the Netherlands, I think it was, that builds a deal that you wear as a vest under the suit. And it has these long lasting, uh, basically ice packet things that go in it. So you freeze them up and you put them in. It's designed so it's not so cold that it, is against your skin or something and burns you but at the same time it will take the temperature of the inside of the suit down 15 to 20 degrees and i found that is really really makes a difference and then i found out the other thing that was kind of funny is uh you know i'm trying to wear the wookie suit and before i got this once i got it it was a lot easier but uh you know i'm going to go to the comic-con and have this on all day and then i talked to other people that do that oh no we only go an hour at a time are you nuts? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, that's that's a big thing with a lot of costumes. Plus, also, you know, not everybody has the same skill level. So, you know, right. I even I look at it. There was that guy who did uh, R2D2 Hulkbuster thing.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, that,
2: that is a lot of work, a lot of time and a lot of skill. You know, to put it mildly. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean,
2: (laughs) you know, I mean, would I feel comfortable doing it? It would take me a while. But, you know, I I have that skill. Not everybody does. And it's fine to start very simply, you know.
1: I mean, now another option would be if you wanted to do an Iron Man or a Mandalorian type or something like that, get together $170,000 and just hire a company that builds exoskeletons and have it skinned it the way you want it. I mean, you know, what's the problem? (laughs)
2: I mean, on the other hand, you could just have somebody who has to, does that and sells them. But, you know, yeah, I mean, Iron a little Man sarcastic because and... the
1: cost would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for that, it
2: would. But no, you can actually buy kits of Mandos and uh... yeah, it's like I think Jeremy start... bought a helmet online.
0: Yeah, Jeremy bought a helmet that he ended up uh, going ahead and, you know, painting and putting the visor in and everything. I did, too. Yeah. But and then it a jetpack or
1: a little tiny itty bitty jetpack, but uh yeah that way too i think you ordered that from
0: somebody yes i did yeah that was 3d so. printed as well so.
1: so that's the other thing and that's another thing 3d printers are really a, a nice thing to have when you deal with this kind of stuff so it's uh a lot of stuff out there let us know what you've run into and i'd love to get some cosplayers on the show later and we can talk about some of the good and some of the maybe not so good things we've run into uh, because they're both sides of the fence are definitely out there all right next week we're gonna have a great show for you check back in and until then userfriendlyshow.com is the place to go and get all of our past information episodes submit your questions anything like that let us know what you think until next week this is user friendly 2.0 keeping you safe on the cutting edge User-Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2023, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. Views expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting and technology provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Listen at TheAnswerPortland.com, UserFriendlyShow.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts.